0: Welcome everyone to Hit the Books, the Monday edition. I'm Thomas Casali, joined by my man Corby CC. How's it going today?
1: Yeah, I'm back in the uh, back in the studio, back in the setup. A little different than Vegas, so I got in probably 50 minutes ago. So it'll be a, it'll be an interesting one. But good. We had a pretty good weekend overall on basketball. I think we juiced out, but uh, we had a, a lot of rolls our way. Gonzaga exactly closed 18, and we got 12 and a half. So we can't complain too much, there.
0: So. Yes, and this. Hit the book segment on the Hammer Betting Network is presented by Circus Sports in Las Vegas. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Experience big app bets with the highest betting limits, better money line splits with the lowest hold percentage and best customer service. Sports betting on the go has never been better. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Nevada. Get your new bookie today at CircusSports.com. Now, CC, when you were in Las Vegas, did you, did you go to Circus Sports? Did you check all that stuff?
1: Stuff out there, oh, of course. They, uh, if you're looking to get drinks in Vegas, I, I highly recommend Circa. They, uh, the cheapest and, and the most alcohol you're gonna get. So, if you're having a fun time, Circa's place to be. Also, I realized the Cowboys they may be America's team, but geez, no one likes the Cowboys. I, uh, as Circa, that place any Cowboys play was silent, and every 49ers play was crazy. So, it was it's a really fun experience, good atmosphere. It's the first time I've been there on NFL Sunday.
0: Well, I like the Cowboys, and I didn't go my way. Uh, The 49ers not only won, but covered the four, so everybody at Circus Sports, uh, very happy about that, apparently. Uh, Now let's move to our sport, CC, college basketball. Uh, Interesting weekend here, and it sets up for Monday with the Kansas Jayhawks. You know, we talked about this game on Friday on our show, and – When we got off, TCU was plus eight, and I just said to myself, listen, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm sure it'll lose, but I'm going to bet TCU plus eight. And they not only won, they dominated the Jayhawks in Kansas. Now Kansas comes in limping, going to our Baylor Bears, who have righted the ship, CC. Uh, Still struggling a little bit defensively. We'll see how they match up tonight. Kansas getting two points at Baylor. I know a lot of people
1: on the Jayhawks tonight. Do you have a side here? Yeah, I didn't didn't play much here. I saw a stat that was, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but something like Kansas hasn't lost three games in a row in quite some time. Uh, The big thing for me here is we've touched about it on literally the last three shows. I think this number at 149 is too high. The under. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the under is the play. Uh, I haven't bet it, I don't plan on betting it, but uh, the 149, it seems high. You, the national average is 140, you see these games, like the, the Alabama's in the 152 range, the Toledo's in the 156, so to imagine a Kansas-Baylor game, playing in the 150 range, just seems high. I, I think 151 would be the number I need, uh, but 149 just feels, it, it's too much, in my opinion.
0: Well, let's look at the bigger picture here with these two teams. CC at Circa Sports in the futures market, Kansas is sitting at twelve to one. Baylor's at twenty six to one. I got them sixteen to one before the season and thought it was the best odds of anything I've ever bet in my life. Uh, but they they had some struggles here. What do you think about these numbers? What if Kansas loses tonight? Are you still buying them in the futures market?
1: Yeah, uh, probably twelve to one. I'm not buying anyways. Uh, I think that if you could hop on after a loss here, you'd be in a pretty good shape. Um, as for Baylor, Baylor's a team that has all the talent in the world. Twenty-six to one seems pretty strong. Like, yeah, I don't know many teams that are going to want to run into Baylor. That said, they, they've they've had issues all year, and we've seen it time and time again. The times that they've played good teams, like what are their wins? They beat West Virginia, I, which I'm really not that big on. They beat Gonzaga, great win there, uh, which over time has looked a little worse. Uh, But then an Oklahoma win by two. Texas Tech was a really good win, but Tech looked pretty bad. Uh, I'm just not buying this Baylor team a ton right now. Probably the best time to buy them is when people aren't too high on them. I would assume that they shape into form uh, like they always do, but uh, 26-1 is not a bad number. I think Kansas, on a loss, you could probably get a pretty good number. I'm curious if you have the futures in front of you. What is is UCLA at after that Arizona loss? Well.
0: That's a good segue, my man, because I was going to go right into the Bruins. Uh, we talked about it on the Friday show. We like this UCLA team. We didn't love the spot in Arizona. We were hoping for a loss there so we could come back and take a look at this baby. UCLA is 16-1 to right now. What do you think of that number?
1: Yeah, I'm curious what it was on Saturday. I believe it was 12-1. 16, uh, probably plenty big of a move. They, they lost to a really good Arizona team, I don't think. Uh, You should put too much weight into that loss by any means. Also, it was a pretty bad situational spot, so don't look too much into that. I think 16-1 is probably a pretty good buy on a really good UCLA team. Uh, I I was talking to somebody the other day, and basically the the futures I want to end the season with are a Kansas at some point, a UCLA, and a Gonzaga. If I can sit on those, uh, I'll be a pretty happy camper headed into March.
0: Yeah, I'm really high on UCLA in the tournament. I just think they can play multiple ways. I like their team. So 16 to one, you know, that's about where they open the season at. So I I think this might be the best time to jump on them because as they go through the Pac-12, they're going to beat Arizona in the rematch in, in UCLA. I promise you that. So I jump I think I'm gonna jump on this 16 to one number here with the Bruins uh, the other team I want to ask you before we get into the Monday uh, games here Houston now Houston lost at home as a 20 point favorite to Temple you know uh, you never know with sometimes these teams like Houston end up sleepwalking with some of these games you know Sunday game Houston's still the favorite at plus 650. this feels like a wide open tournament to me are you buying Houston at
1: 650 the issue is I really like this Houston team. But six fifty, like to win March is is such a battle. Six fifty is I, I I can't give many teams that. I think Gonzaga with their with their quality team that made it to the championship a couple years back closed the season at ten to one, um, and they were one of the best teams I've ever seen uh, in the regular season at least. And I don't know. So six fifty, these there's a lot of really good teams. There's no great team. I don't think that there's a a, a number one as wide open as this, The market loves this team though. 20 at Temple, or at home versus Temple. Temple's a pretty good basketball mm-hmm. team. They beat Villanova this year, uh, which Villanova take with a grain of salt, but uh, like, they, they aren't a bad basketball team. And uh, they just played a really good game versus East Carolina. Like, they just lost by two to Memphis. Like you're not talking about a bad basketball team. So for the market to give 20 to Houston is kind of crazy. Uh, I think 650 is too high. I would, like, a number, a, a buy-in number on Houston though, like what, what is that? I would probably say 11 to one. I would, I would hop on a Houston pretty easy, uh, but I don't imagine that you're ever going to get two and
0: 11 to one. Yeah. And I agree with you a hundred percent. Like if I had to pick like two teams right now, I think if you said, gun to your head, I like Houston and UCLA. I think they're teams that can really make runs to the national championship. But as you pointed out, this thing's wide open and plus six fifty. nah. I, I I can't jump on that number. Uh, with Houston, and again, as you, I'm sure you know, CC, that betting is not about just betting teams; it's about betting the right number. And you, you said 11 to one, 12 to one. Then it's time to jump on the Cougars.
1: Yeah, for sure. At 11 to one, you're, you're Houston is most likely in every case the best team in the nation, but it's not as wide open as it looks. I will say, and I think it's funny that neither of us have brought this team up, but. I just, I cannot get behind this Tennessee train. They're rated second in Ken Palm, and I just—I I don't, don't like them at all. I don't think they're a good basketball team. Like, I mean, they're good, obviously, but top five, I don't give them top five. I think they struggle versus Purdue heavily, um, and I just don't know where their scoring comes from. They, they have really good defense, but I don't know where scoring comes when they when they need scorers. So, uh, interesting to note that we have not talked about Tennessee one time, and I don't plan on it.
0: Yeah, and I actually, someone just DM me an hour ago before we got on the show and asked about futures. They said, "What do you think about Tennessee?" And I said, "You know what? I never liked Tennessee. People love this team, and I don't think they're built for March. I think they're built. Their defense is built to smother bad offensive basketball teams in the SEC. Uh, they have talent." But you're not going to hold everybody to 30 percent shooting in the NCAA tournament. There's going to be games where you have to shoot well, you have to score, and I just don't trust this team. And at 12 to one, I have no interest at all in the balls.
1: Yeah, Rick Barnes isn't, isn't in particular a March Madness no. coach either. The last, <laughs> last Elite Eight was 2008, and he's had some pretty good teams. So uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not buying on it too much.
0: All right, now let's get into the Monday slate. So, you know we, we mentioned Kansas Baylor. That's obviously the the matchup tonight, the one that game everyone's going to be watching. I don't have a play in it. You don't have a play in it. I think it's going to be a good basketball game to watch. I'm not. You know, you mentioned the under the total, still a little bit inflated. Baylor minus two. I'm going to stay away from that. Um, but you know, I always say the bank don't care where your money came from, CC. You, know, you don't have to bet Kansas Baylor you're gonna you're gonna bet Chicago State Coastal Carolina uh, what do you got going in this game
1: yeah these are these are usually the games that I look more into uh, and so our first bet for the night I believe is in the coastal Carolina game it'll be coastal minus eight uh, you can get 105 uh I bet Chris circus at 110 uh got a seven and a half last night but still like an eight. The issue here is Chicago State is just, I don't know if you've ever watched a Chicago State game. Uh, They're not good by any means. They've they have improved in talent a ton, uh, but I still don't think that the talent versus talent matchup versus, this is a really talented Coastal team. Coastal just beat South Alabama in overtime. Unfortunately, I had the under in that game and lost in overtime. That's uh, always death. They, and then they beat Appalachian State in overtime. This is a good Coastal team. They've been without their best player. He was on the bench in the last game. I couldn't find, search the internet everywhere I could. Could not find what was wrong with this kid, uh, but he was on the bench last game. Had no no apparent like injuries. He was hopping up and down when they went through overtime. So he's not sick. He's not hurt. Like he's hopping around. Uh, unless it's unless it's something academic. if he becomes active, that's a really big piece here. I think this line is way too low if he's active. And even if he's not, I think that they are significantly outmatched in talent aspect. Also, Chicago State hasn't played a game in nine days. The last game they played was January fourteenth which is really good because they've had a whole bunch of injury issues. Uh, But I I don't think that this is a place that you can come in and be rusty by any means to start this game Uh, because Coastal is going to push tempo significantly more than Chicago State. And if they can get like a a 12-2 run to start the game, this thing's going to be turned over on its head pretty quick.
0: Yeah, so here's something interesting about Chicago State. Chicago State is unbeaten at home this year. Here's the problem. They've only had four home games. They've played 20 games and 16 (laughs) have been on the road. Uh, That's tough. Uh, You're college kids. You're always going on the road. Uh, That's a tough way to play basketball. Um, And... You know that they've been a little bit more competitive recently against some of these teams, but I think Coastal Carolina, uh, like you said, pushing the pace. It's uh, it's tough to only play. I mean, we're going into February here, and they've only played four home games. So that's and you mentioned injury issues. Uh, that's that's pretty tough for those Chicago State kids.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and the Jamar Brown injury, uh, that'll be something that I'll be keeping my eye on all day. It, I don't think that it affects this too much. If he's out, I believe is pretty much baked into it. He hasn't played in what he hasn't played since the Marshall game. So he hasn't played since January seventh. But um, he's been on the bench. He's been he's been moving around on the bench. You can see him during the game. So I it's, I, I want to tell you I've looked everywhere for this and I cannot find what was wrong with this kid. They, like he's their best player and it wasn't even noted in their like game recap that he left the game. So I'm not sure. I'm hoping he's back. And if he's not, uh, I think they have plenty of talent output to to beat a Chicago State team pretty bad.
0: All right, so there we go. Our first play of, the, uh, of Monday: Coastal Carolina lay in the eight against Chicago State. Now we're going to go to a game. If you thought that was obscure, we're going even further down the down the board here. CC. Alabama A&M Prairie View. You like the over here, one thirty-four and a half.
1: Yes, it's Alabama Alabama A&M is is more my my uh, speed. They're an hour north of me, so I know this team a little more than. Probably I should. I still don't, think they're miserable. But uh, this is just basically an idea of these two tempos. Yeah, so 134.5 is pretty available number perfect. Uh, the over 134.5 in this game, it, this is a game of tempos. So Alabama A&M is 40th in the nation in possessions per game adjusted. Prairie View 152nd. The issue is Prairie View plays decent defense. If you watch the Prairie View game, they're really not bad defensively. Uh, they've played an overtime game in the last two games, which kind of can suck the, the life out of you. but. They have had a little bit of break between the first and the second. All that said, uh, I just think that this number is, is ridiculous for the type of basketball that's played. So 134 and a half is six points under the national average. You're talking like 67, 68 possessions at max um, and average shooting. These two teams are miserable offensively, but they do have a little bit of talent, and I think that in most cases could get to like that 128 range pretty easy. Uh, and then the main thing that gets this over the 134 and a half, and why I think it's a, a number that's just pretty bad, is that the, the type of basketball they play forces so many fouls. Let's see, teams are shooting, six, they're scoring 21% of their points at the free throw line against Alabama M. That's 60th in the nation, and then 25.8% of their points at the free throw line against Prairie View, which is fifth in the nation in points from the free throw line. So these two teams are fouling a ton. They're gonna push pace. So I think that in in most cases without an insane number of fouls, you get to the 128, 129 range, pretty easy. And then uh, it's those extra fouls, extra free throws, just due to the nature of this game that pushes it over.
0: Yeah, and that's an interesting angle because that's something I look at a lot when I'm I'm breaking down games is if a team fouls a lot and a team gets to the free throw line. Is this a metric that you often look at when uh, dissecting games?
1: Yeah, it, it adjusts for a, a preth, plethora. Jeez, has been a long day of, of of teams because you can see different aspects from it. So, like uh, in some cases, fouling is bad because it slows down. It allows the team to get set in the half court. So, an example is Sunday. I bet the St. Peter's game, St. Peter's Niagara, and if you look at St. Peter's tempo, they're like probably 300th in tempo. I don't have the number in front of me, but uh, it's due to the fact that they foul a ton. So their natural tempo, they, they're pretty fast in transition. They play pretty fast basketball, but they foul so much that the half court setting is so much that their tempo rating looks really low. They don't want to play slow. They play fa- they they full court press the whole game. They're not the 300th slowest team in the nation, uh, but they don't know how to play defense, so they foul. And, and that half court setting is going to force you to become a slower basketball team, which is not what they want to do. And Opens up a lot of value on overs in the St. Peter's aspect. The only issue is they suck. I don't know if you've watched their St. Peter's game. Yeah, they cannot yeah. shoot the ball to save their life. So um, you're playing with fire, but the tempo there, I, I believe, is way wrong. I think they're more in like the low 200s range of tempo overall.
0: Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in Siena territory. So the I follow that conference closely. Man, <laughs> I don't have the stats in front of me, but if you bet the uh, blindly bet underdogs in the Matt conference, you probably retired living on a beach somewhere. The underdogs are great in that conference.
1: Yeah, I can, uh, I can pull up that stat if we, uh, if we can pause for
0: a second. But... So we got our two plays here. We got Coastal Carolina minus eight. We got the over in the Alabama A&M game at 134.5. Those are our two official plays. There's another game on the board, though, so, you see, that's pretty interesting. Virginia Tech and Duke. Virginia Tech is laying two points to the Blue Devils. That That's really got to tell you how what the market thinks of the Blue Devils these days. Because, I mean, getting Duke as an underdog uh, it just doesn't happen that often in the Coach K era. Uh, you know, Duke, it's a team I don't love. They ended up beating Miami at home by two uh, they didn't cover that game last time out. They lost to Clemson away. They haven't been good on the road. But then you look at this Virginia Tech team. I mean, man, uh, seven. What it, it are they? Seven in a row. They yeah, have seven games in a row. They've lost three of those. The last three were away from home, and five of the seven were away from home. Now they come home. They're laying two points to the Blue Devils. Any lean or angle on this at all?
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that this Duke team is probably better than most people give them. Uh, they just struggled versus a pretty good Miami team, but they, they got the win. I, I really don't like this Virginia Tech team. I think that they, uh, I think we've talked about this team. Uh, we talked about it on the under in the Clemson game, I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. so we hit that game. They scored 50 points, and we won an under 142 by 40 points, so. Very happy there, but I think any team that needs Vasily to be one of their primary scorers—he's shooting the most percentage of shots on a team—is uh, a team that doesn't have enough talent output. And Duke has a big man who is a pretty good defender. Uh, I don't even want to try to say his name. It's full. It's the it's the, the seven footer that's been there for a minute. I'm not going to try to say his name. Uh, but he's he's 350th in the nation blocks, 400th in steals as a big man and steal percentage. He looks good down low, and I think he, he can shut down Basilia in most every case. Uh, I really just don't like this Virginia Tech team. Two points is kind of uh, not really a fun number to lay on the road, uh, especially a Virginia Tech team that has some free throw shooters. Uh, I would really like a 3-3.5, three, three but uh, I think Duke probably wins this game outright. So if, if I was going to do anything, I would take the plus 120 here, um, and I am not going to lay that currently. but. The one issue and the one notion that I have, and I would like your take because I thought it was funny. Uh, I was getting off the flight and I saw a couple people talking about this on Twitter. Is there's people talking about the revenge angle in this game? Uh, Virginia Tech, I believe, beat Duke in the ACC. Yeah, they beat Duke in the ACC championship last year, uh, 82-67 on a neutral. And people are saying like, oh, Duke's Duke wants revenge. So there's only one issue is. Duke has one returning starter. Uh, Jerry yep. Roach will be the only player on the team that is uh, back. And so I think that's a really goofy thought process. Also, they have a, like literally a new coach. So uh, I'm curious if you think a revenge angle is, is, is any weight or notion in that one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I hate those. I think those are more for fans. Yeah. They look at that stuff like revenge and, and all those things. Yeah, you know, listen, I guess if Michigan blows out Ohio State in football – I guess the next year you can look at, <laughs> they're thinking about revenge. Uh, I just think it's really random. You know, I'll give you a perfect example in the NFL. The Colts can't win in Jacksonville and the players have changed. The coaches have changed. <laughs> it's a weird random stat, right? Um, but I don't think that the, the players on the Colts right now are going to Jacksonville thinking, Hey, we've never won a game here. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a random stat. So yeah, I don't see Duke Virginia Tech being a revenge angle, personally.
1: Me either. And I think we've talked about this on the show, but if we haven't, I think that it's the most simple handicap you can put in your head. It's quite simply look at the players on the court. And if you were to pick up game in a in a local gym in the middle of nowhere, which set of five kids would you want on your basketball team to play pickup basketball with? And, and I think that if you put these two teams on a court together, you choose Duke every single time out of every single notion. So Is Virginia Tech's home court advantage enough to give them uh, a two-point edge? I would say no, but I can see where people may disagree. Uh, But I think that in almost every case, Duke has a better talent output here.
0: Yeah, and Sphinx Angles uh, says, I think Vot Tech is so sharp that it's actually dull tonight. So, (laughs) um, yeah, uh, that's probably going to be the sharp play. The the Sharps aren't on Duke too often. I know the public is, but it's, it's a weird one. Uh, it's one of those lines that kind of make you, make you. Uh, you know, I think the smart bettors will be on bot Tech. The public will be more on Duke. I don't think that decides games. That's just the facts. Uh, but let's get into some games this week, CC. I know you got some you want to talk about. I got one I want to talk about. But just going to Tuesday here. You know, an interesting game in the ACC. North Carolina is laying three to my Syracuse Orange. I know when Roy Williams there, North Carolina was Syracuse kryptonite. No team I've really ever seen played that 2-3 zone better. They get the ball in the paint to the big guys. Uh, They're either one-on-one, turn and shoot, or they get the ball out to wide open threes. I mean, they just play that zone perfectly. Interesting game. I mean, he's still got Baycott down low. I think he's going to be a big problem for Syracuse. Syracuse is a team I just can't trust yet. I had them Saturday. I said, you know, Georgia Tech was the one team I thought they could really, really had an edge on. How do you see this game shaping up? Is there a, any angle you see either way in this ACC matchup?
1: Yeah, I don't think three is enough by any means here. I think that, uh, I haven't looked into tomorrow's lines. I don't have my number yet. Uh, I can actually check it live. But That's actually the Kent
0: Palm line, line I okay, should say. Well, I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, no, so Zach has it on the screen. It's popped up three, three and a half. Uh, I I thought this would open closer to five. Three's very weak. Um, if you give me a second. Uh, I can look and see what my number is on that because I didn't even know lines were going to drop. But um, uh, just a, like a, a quick rewind, real quick. I have a stat for you, and then I'll go back to the North Carolina game. Uh, this year's MAC underdogs, MAAC, 64 and 46 uh, to the closing line, 58%. What do you call <laughs> it? Pretty solid. Uh, sorry, I, I had that pulled up. I had to toss it in there somewhere. But yeah, this North Carolina team, eh. I am just not buying the idea that Syracuse can guard these bigs. Uh, the issue is if North Carolina has to shoot the deep ball, they they really can't. They're two hundred eighty third in three point percentage. Uh, but I don't think that Syracuse has the physical bodies to really force them to shoot the three ball. Also, who's going to score for Syracuse? Like, is it going to have to be Gerard versus what? He'll be guarded by not Lee, he'll be guarded by RJ Davis. So, can Gerard drop enough points to to? handle this North Carolina team by himself if R.J. Davis is on him. I don't think so. Um, Armando Bacot's going to guard the bigs. Jesse Edwards has played very well, but yeah, I just don't see uh, – there's no real – like they, they can switch off of him. They, they have plenty of size, and um, I don't know where Syracuse gets enough points here.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there's teams Syracuse zone can still bother. I don't think North Carolina is one of them. You know, the Tar Heels, they had that tough stretch there for a while. They've actually been playing pretty good. Like they're one loss is to Virginia, and that's a game where Baycott got hurt and had to leave. They were actually winning that game until he left. So I'm not saying they would have definitely won, but they they were in the lead when he went out of the game with an injury. Uh, so North Carolina playing better. I thought they had a nice win at home against NC State, a dangerous NC State team. So I, I lean that way as well. Another game I want to get your thoughts on the game and just in the futures market in general is this Kansas State-Iowa State. Iowa State game two of the big surprises in college basketball this year you know it's around five points iowa state favored at home you know kansas state went on the road to tcu and got handled um do you see
1: anything here um just just to go back real quick tom i apologize i keep doing this um i wouldn't check that's the okay i have this north carolina at six and a half so if you like this okay three, if you like a hard three we could bet it on the show because it is available currently uh, yeah, let's go
0: minus uh, three. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I like. I, I would agree in North Carolina, minus three uh, for the show. There's a three and a half, so I would imagine this moves to three and a half. Yeah. Quick. But yep. Perfect. Yeah, I, I don't think a hard three is going to be there very long, so I figured we'd backtrack, grab that real quick. Uh, but then, yep, then no, no,
0: no doubt about it.
1: Okay, so you said the Iowa State game?
0: Yeah, Iowa State, Kansas State, two of the surprise teams uh, in college basketball this year, both. Uh, if you look at bracketologies. Rated pretty highly if the tournament started today. Just uh, your thoughts on the game. Then we'll kind of get in the futures market with both of these teams because I think the prices are interesting.
1: Yeah, so this weekend was um, one of the more infuriating betting weekends for me. And it was due to games like this Iowa State team. Uh, I bet the over in the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game, over one twenty three and a half, I believe. Um, And they scored 120. Iowa State had two seven-minute droughts, uh, scoring. (laughs) And they, lo- they didn't cover by three points. So uh, this it, it it comes down to Iowa State's defense is pretty good. They looked pretty good. I still wasn't blown away. I think this Oklahoma State team just really sucks. I don't think Oklahoma State is good at all. Um, but Iowa State does have offense. The, their defense is up there. But they're rated 7th. I don't give them 7th. I give them probably 15th. And their offense is probably 100th. Uh, I think that if Caleb Grill has to be a scorer on your team you're in trouble. Kansas State, on the other hand, we've talked about a million times. They they have the kids, they have the momentum, they have the output, the, the kid. I hate using the word momentum, but if you're shooting a basketball, there is a such thing as momentum. I don't believe it's real in games, or like wins and losses, but if a basketball is coming off your fingertips correctly, if you've played enough basketball, you know, like there's momentum in your shot and uh, they're feeling it. And I don't want to get in their way by any means. They lost a TCU game, but they just beat Kansas and Texas Tech. So they've, plenty proven proving themselves at this point at 17-2 and two, that they have the hot hand and uh, I think that they probably hand Iowa State a loss and I believe they're underdog here.
0: Uh, yeah, about five points underdog yeah, uh, I, on the road.
1: I would look at Kansas State as a, a very live dog in that one um, at what, 175? Yeah, I I think Kansas State is the better team here. Uh, going back to the easy handicap of which one would you rather have on the floor, I'm taking Kansas State's five 100% every single time uh, at a pickup basketball game. But uh, Iowa State has a good home court advantage, so uh, maybe that's where the five is coming. I would not have made this five. Yeah, their home court is 16th in the nation per Ken Palm. Four points is – I just struggle to give four points of home court to basically anywhere in the country that's not Cameron or maybe if they have the AC turned off. That's basically it.
0: Yeah, and in the futures market, I think it's interesting because Iowa State is sitting there at circa twenty-three to one, and Kansas State's fifty to one. Personally, I'd rather have a Kansas State ticket heading into March. I like this team. I know Iowa State's well coached. They play hard. They got a great defense. But like you said, offensively concerns me when we get into March. When you look at those two teams, I think the the Iowa State being twenty-three to one right now is a little bit overvalued.
1: Is that a 60 to 1 at Caesars? Yeah, I think 60 to 1 for Kansas State is pretty ridiculous. They're 33rd in the nation in offense and defense adjusted. Um, They've shown that they have scores. I agree. I think that the type of basketball that Iowa State plays, we've seen time and time again, just doesn't play well in March. Like we saw a really talented Virginia team lose in March to UMBC. And it's just this type of basketball. Like if a team is hitting shots, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. If they're hitting shots from The volleyball line, then you're not going to be able to guard them. It's it's like how Temple beat Houston on what Saturday. Like these things can happen when you're scoring 52 points, and uh, I I wouldn't ever feel good with an Iowa State ticket. But 60 to one on Kansas State is Kansas State going to win it? No, but I think that's a pretty good number right there. Uh, Especially they're they're 17 and two. Is that the highest odds for a 17 and two team? It has to be.
0: Yeah, and that it's weird because you know they've beaten good teams. I, I guess. There's just not a belief in them in the in the market. Yeah, I'm looking here. Um, Ohio State seventy to one, Illinois seventy to one. Yeah, uh, then you're getting like Rutgers teams like that. You know, Indiana Providence seventy four to one, but nobody ever likes Providence. So yeah, I mean, they're getting pretty good odds there. Uh, TCU's forty seven to one. Uh, at circa so they're both those two teams are kind of in the same boat while creighton a team I got at a 100 to one has had some troubles this year and they're still sitting at 40 to one so yeah.
1: I think it's how it,
0: how the market views the teams
1: I think that in the futures market pickups just to have some more uh, I think that we can pick up Kansas State it looks like probably February 8th or our our Friday show it would be February 10th um, they play Florida Kansas Texas TCU in that in that right range. And I imagine if they lose two of those games, we probably can get a decently better number. But 60 to 1 is, uh, is, is a one hell of a number right there. I, I would agree that that is sitting on some value overall.
0: All right. Well, three more games I want to get your opinion on. We'll go to Wednesday, right? It's my Samford Bulldogs. I had I bet Samford before the season to win the SOCON. I thought they could be a dangerous, you know, lower seed in March. I, they had some injuries. They, they they went through a rough patch there, but, but they're back on track. They're unbeaten in conference play. Just got Quez Glover back last, last game, so they're at full strength again. They go to Furman. Now, these were projected to be the top two teams in the conference. Furman at Ken Palm's got minus six. I look at these two teams and I see it's like a mirror. I, I see two teams that are almost exactly the same. Furman plays a little bit faster pace, but I just see a close game here. Sanford's been hot. I like the six points.
1: Yeah, I uh I live ten minutes from Camp Sanford's campus. So to hear you say <laughs> my Sanford Bulldogs, it's <laughs> one of the funnier things I've heard because uh <laughs> I, I don't even know anybody here that knows Sanford, and I'm I right him. So interesting, but I do agree. I think this is a really talented basketball team. I think six is is too low. Uh, the issue here is, as you said, they're mirror images. So the matchup's is going to be pretty well. Like I don't think in most cases you're going to get many open shots because they match up identical. Uh, so it'll be who can hit more contested shots. Sanford's been really unlucky this year. I don't yeah. have the number in front of me, but they were Ken Palm rated last in luck for a while there. Let's see what they are now. Uh, for a while Yeah, there, I've last.
0: seen all their games, and they've been unlucky.
1: Yeah, so my Blazers are down there now, too. But now Sanford's got a little – they've cleaned up a little bit. But uh, the main thing is Quez Glover's back, and he is very, very important piece of this offense. Uh, if I was going to play this game, I would look towards the Sanford team total. It looks like it's going to be probably 74 or 73, uh, I think, in most cases – this game is going to be pushed to a tempo that they have a chance to get in the mid seventies more often than not.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. So yeah, that's the play. I really like this week, but there's another game on Wednesday. I just want to get your thoughts on this team because I'm looking at it and something isn't connecting with me. So you look at this UConn team, right? They're playing Xavier at home. They're Ken Palm's got it. Nine. Uh, UConn has been struggling recently. They they're, two and five in their last seven. Then you go to the futures market, and there's UConn at, you know, plus 1,500 still. What do you make of this team? Is uh, Do you just look at their losses and say uh the team itself is still there to make a run in March? And what do you think of them laying nine to Xavier?
1: Yeah, I, I think this – I believe we talked about it on the last Mondays, but I think this team just fell to fame way too fast. They were number 27 in November, and then they were number one. Uh, in the nation for Ken Palm, just 30 days later. So eh, too much love, way too quick for really not doing anything. They beat an Alabama team. That's basically it. They, they smashed this Alabama team, but uh, I really don't love Alabama either. So I don't think that that's worthy of 27 points, basically, uh, in the power ratings. So I, I, they, they were due for some losses. There were some pretty bad losses. They've lost, what, five of their last seven. So understandable the, the trust issues there, but I still think this can... Kinetic team is probably top ten, top fifteen, but I don't think that they were ever number one, number two, number three. We just saw a rise to fame way too fast. The issue with this number is it feels just like the TCU game uh, that we talked about versus Kansas. Like nine feels like you have to bet. You have to take the nine every single day of the week. Like that is too many points versus Xavier team with a great coach who has played lights out basically all year at this point. Uh, they lost to four by four to Gonzaga. They like seven to Duke, two to Indiana, and then they lost to DePaul game, which is kind of weird. But like uh, nine seems crazy, but at the same time, it seems like a game uh, that's just lined to the fact that like, UConn could come out and beat them by 20. Uh, it's one that I will be laying off of, and I'm sure the nine is, is at play for the entire game.
0: Yeah, and one of the things, you know, basketball doesn't work this way, but they, they've played recently, you know, they played on December 31st, and Xavier won by 10. So now at home, now you're looking at a 19-point difference. That seems like a lot to me in this game. I think they're pretty evenly matched. Again, UConn's at home when they're on. They're tough to beat, but I'd have to lean taking the 9 right now as we head into the week here. Um, now, we can't we can't close the show, CC, without you talking about the UAB Blazers. Um, coming off another tough loss to North Texas. Thursday, they got Louisiana Tech coming to UAB. Ken Palm makes this line 10. How do you see this one?
1: I hate that number. I was So, all like, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but basically in short, I told Tom to talk about this team, and uh, then I looked at the numbers after, and I saw that it was 10, and sheesh, I... I was hoping this was like five and a half. Um, 10 is tough, I, I I don't know if this UAB team is good enough to cover 10. But yeah, Jelly's gonna be back, I said that last time. Um, I had no clue how that information was wrong. He worked out twice before the game in North Texas. Uh, I Saw videos of him shooting and he didn't play. So interesting, they were lost without him. I think on the show we said if Jelly's out, North Texas is the side um, and I was wrong on the information. I, I bet UAB's team total over thinking that Jelly would be back and he wasn't. So uh, interesting, but he'll be, if he's not back for this Louisiana Tech game, like by all means roast me because I've watched this kid work out in the last two days. Uh, so it will be interesting. But no, I don't know if I could lay 10 by any means. I think this UAB team's interesting. They want to run pace. They, wanna, they want to cover these big numbers, but Louisiana Tech's a good basketball team. The issue for UAB and the reason I wanted to bring them up is is I think that we're about to see, potentially, a pretty big slump. Uh, They play Louisiana Tech. I don't think they cover spread. They're going to play Rice on the road. Rice is a really good basketball team. Then they get Florida Atlantic, another really good basketball team. And then maybe the hope is possibly this February 4th team, February 4th game versus Florida International, uh, we can get a better number that's lined currently at 15 by Ken Palm. If this this can get down to like 10, um, I think that you would be at home. Runs through Florida International. Just pace of play, they play similar, and and the talent level is not even close. So, uh, I as much as it it burns me to say, and I hate to say it, I hope UAB loses a couple games here in the near future, uh, so that we can pick up on them in the coming months. Especially like the the Florida International, the the Middle Tennessees, the UTEPs. uh, I wouldn't touch them versus teams like North Texas. I think that this conference is really balanced overall. Yeah, and
0: listen, they they're they're one in five in their last six games you know now jelly hasn't been there for the last couple but you look at these games right they lost by two to Florida Atlantic they lost an overtime by three to FIU 90 to 87 you talked about the pace there they lost by two to Western Kentucky then they beat Louisiana Tech lost by one to Middle Tennessee and then lost to a very good North Texas team without jelly. Um, I know when you said maybe a slump's coming, Could I argue that when Jelly gets back, they've lost a bunch of close games. It's going to go the other way. They're going to start hitting their stride heading into the tournament.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, I just hope that that stride takes a second. I hope it's a delayed stride, basically. Um, Jelly is really predominant on the ability to just have touch. He really doesn't get good shots by any means. There's a video on the internet. Uh, I, I have it on my phone, but I'm not going to hold my phone to the screen. But Jelly caught a transition pass. Fake Spun complete 360 and shot because a guy just flew past and hit it. And it's just those kind of things. He has he has a shooter's touch. He really doesn't find good spacing. He doesn't do much well. He really doesn't shoot clean pockets. He, he's taking pretty bad shots. So um, to have not played for a little bit, I could see him coming out of the gate pretty slow and finding that touch. He's a great basketball player. He loves the sport of basketball. There's not many people that I've met that just breathe basketball like him so it's good to see him do well and I'm sure he'll do fine uh but if he starts on a little bit of a slump they struggle in these games february comes mid february they will be fine they have all the talent in the world and they'll be, they'll be plenty fine
0: all right well listen it's a tough conference i'm going to call it now if jelly's healthy they win the tournament they go to the NCAA. They go to the Big Dance again, and they ain't gonna want to face UAB. They got Houston last year. Bad draw. We'll see who they get this year. But I, I think that's a bet I might make if this team rounds into form is UAB uh, to win the turn the, their tournament this year. Because I think a couple of things have gone against them. But when push comes to shove, I still like their lineup against anybody else uh, in, in that conference.
1: Yeah, I'm curious, Zach. Do you, can you pull up the Conference USA? tournament futures I don't know if those will be available currently um, if not no big deal yeah curious, I haven't seen them curious I, I don't think they're up but uh, curious if they were to see that number I would agree it's, it's North Texas or UAB in most cases um, and UAB just has so many pieces they're so deep I don't think that uh, I think I've told you but uh, I sit on a, a UAB national championship future so I hope so <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, we're almost there. It's almost February. Uh, January's gone here, so it's uh, we're, we're a month away from uh, what I think is we get into those conference championships. The first couple, first uh, few days of an NCAA tournament, there's no better time to be alive uh, than those few weeks right there. So looking forward to it and we'll be with you. We will have all the coverage as we move forward this college basketball season. But we wanna thank you for watching, hit the books on the Hammer Betting Network presented by Circus Sports. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Experience big gap bets, better money line splits, the best customer service and more. Download your new bookie today at CircusSports.com. Well, CC, that that wraps it up for the the early week session of Hit the Books. We'll be back later this week. Um, I think we're still on Friday for now. We'll see how that works. But for now, we'll be back on Friday. Um, Enjoy your week. Good luck, and I will see you on Friday. Hit the books when we go over all the Saturday games.